Welcome and yokoso to Japanese with Skelly. I'm your host, Karuka Lover, but you can also call me Manu. I'm really happy to have you here and I'm looking forward to helping you with studying all aspects of the Japanese language. Today I would like to tell you how this podcast came into existence and what you can expect from it in the future. As you might know, I love the game Undertale and its characters, especially Sans and Papyrus. I'm quite new to all of this. This year in May, my son started pestering me with a strange looking game he had seen on YouTube. It seemed so retro to me that at first I was not really interested in it. But the good mom I am, I still went along and watched some videos with my son. And then there was the date scene with Papyrus and it hit me. I have been an avid reader on AO3 for the past few years, so the first thing that came up to my mind was to check out if there were any reader fix with Papyrus. I was kind of confused when I read the tag saying swap Papyrus, and I got even more perplexed when this swap Papyrus was more acting like Sans. It took me some time to figure out that alternate universes exist. To keep the story short, my all-time favorite skeletons are Stretch or Honey, Red or Mustard, of course, Classic Sans, Boss or Edge, and well, we, we know there are lots of other skellies coming along. The problem was I had nobody to talk about my infatuation, but I saw that several authors were having accounts on Twitter and Tumblr, so I went over there and even started to write Undertale-centered fanfiction. I drew a picture for my son's birthday, got him several Undertale shirts, Sans as Parker, and the original sheet music, which I'm trying to master right now. That's the Undertale side of this podcast. But what about the Japanese side? Everything started when I was around seven years old and one of my friends had Game Boy and let me play Super Mario. I also wanted to have a Game Boy, but my mom was against it. I could have won if I was able to buy one by myself. So I saved money. My grandfather and my grandmother helped me there, and I was finally allowed to buy the Nintendo Entertainment System. I signed up for the Nintendo Magazine and read about Shigeru Miyamoto, the Japanese guy who made Mario. From that time on, Japan had been part of my life, be it games, anime, manga, karaoke, or Japanese food and its culture. So yeah, I've been teaching Japanese since 2010, however, in German. I am a German native, coming from a small country in the center of Europe where they say words like which means the tail of a squirrel or oida, which is the most versatile word in existence, meaning shit, oh my god, hey, what the fuck, it's delicious, are you stupid, simply the word you, unbelievable, it's amazing, I have no idea, etc. Um, um, sorry, we are here to talk about the Japanese language, not German. I myself started out with Japanese in 2004 and went to Japan the first time in 2005. Barely being able to read hiragana and katakana, communicating with the locals was an impossible deed for me at the time. The reasons were I was too lazy to study and my Japanese native teacher was really friendly and nice, but she could barely speak German. So I did not understand her, nor did she understand me. And the lessons were kind of disorganized with some thrown together study materials and a book that was not worth the paper it was printed on. Sorry about the rant, but when I think about it, I could have progressed way faster than I did. 
Other teachers were way too strict or did not offer additional explanations, and I kept struggling until I embarked on my exchange year to Japan. Actually, I also struggled in Japan. All the lessons were completely in Japanese. Every day a kanji test and lots and lots of homework. It took me around four months to adjust and finally get the grip of the teaching style in Japan. At that time, I also met my future Japanese husband. We were mostly communicating in English, though. We were having a long distance relationship for around two years until we married in Japan. It took me several years to finally reach a level where we had no problems when switching to talking Japanese only. I passed the JLPT level N2. JLPT is the Japanese language proficiency test, which has five levels and, and five the lowest and then one the highest. And then we moved back to my home country, where I continued studying Japanese by taking group lessons. Then our son was born. I switched to one on one lessons after not being able to pass the JLPT N1 level, the highest level, for three consecutive times. Yes, I was not able to pass it three times. However, with the fourth time, I was finally able to pass it. I remember my husband saying, I didn't think anymore that you passed this test. I did. <laughs> Then, in 2010, I started teaching Japanese. One reason was that I had really awful bosses when I was working as an assistant, and the fact that it was difficult to find the kind of job where I could use Japanese. How I started? Basically, I did not do any of the things my teachers did and which I hated or did not help me with studying. What I did instead was remembering all the times where I had problems due to bad explanations or not suitable course books. I started to write my own materials and made sure that my students really understood how the Japanese language works. I remember one of my teachers telling me when I asked a why question, this is the way the Japanese language is. Only Japanese people can really master the language. Oh yeah. From that time on, my goal was to prove that this is not correct. Since then, I have written three books in German, which are number one bestsellers on Amazon in Germany. I have been teaching around four to five thousand people online, offline, in live courses, in the pre-recorded courses. Around four、uh, thousand books have been sold so far, and I also started teaching in English in 2019, but that was more like a side project. In 2021, me and my family moved to Japan. As my husband started to work as a professor at a local university, our son goes to a local elementary school, and me, I work from home. Making friends here in the Japanese countryside is not easy, and I have been longing to not only have more Japanese friends, but also non-Japanese ones. Also, the time difference between Japan and Europe made it difficult for me to keep contact with my students. Good thing that my employees take care of the online lessons now, and I'm mostly in the background writing on my next books and translating already published ones into English. Now that I have fallen into the bottomless fandom called Undertale, I'm wanting to meet like-minded people all the more, while doing what I love and excel at: teaching Japanese by explaining it nice and easy to understand, so that everybody whose goal is to be able to speak, understand, read, and write Japanese. That they can achieve their goal. So, what can you expect in the near future?
you will get podcasts about Japanese grammar, vocabulary, Japanese culture, study tips and tricks, and if you want, hit me up and have a lesson with me. Currently, I'm offering lessons in exchange for anything you're willing to offer to me. That could be help with translating my books, improving my English, art which I can use for my teaching materials, etc. But I'm always happy to hear from fellow Undertale fans, so do not hesitate to drop me a line on Twitter. Thank you very much and see and hear you maybe soon. Yeah, and one more thing. No matter how difficult it seems to you at the beginning to study Japanese with all the overwhelming amount of kanji and maybe difficult uh, difficulties in uh, pronunciation and, and everything is strange and different, um, what I have to tell you is, yes, it will take time. You won't be able to be, uh, speak Japanese from today or tomorrow on, but stay determined. Ketsui ga minagitta. Mata ne. See or hear you soon. Yours, Manu or Karoko Lover.